You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Mission Lab. My name is Camille Brace. I'm here with Sean Brace, my husband. And today, this is episode 38, and we are talking about what's a pastor to do. So, in essence, exploring what the role of a pastor is, which would, of course, be my husband and his job title that he has. So, Sean, what are we looking at today? Well, first of all, I need to issue an apology. Oh, yes. Go right ahead. I place on my shoulders completely the crushing defeat of the New England Patriots last Sunday night costly at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I apologize to all of you out there who are Patriots fans. I knew, know we have a few. I met a few Patriots fans in Australia even. Wow. So I, uh, I apologize. At any rate, yeah. So what's a pastor to do? So this has been in the queue, if you will, for a little while. I have Mentioned to Camille, hey, we should do an episode on on that at some point. Um, and it became all the more relevant to me this week when I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a pastor in North America. And uh, he was telling me how he was just done with, quote unquote, traditional pastoring. And he told me that uh, I should uh, clarify that he's a Seventh-day Adventist pastor. And he told me that kind of most of his ministry, he had aspired to kind of working his way up the ministerial ladder, if you will. Um, We won't get into all the peculiarities of how the Seventh-day Adventist church works as far as pastoring, but um, generally what happens is you start as the low man on the totem pole, you go pastor. Wherever you know, they want you wherever to. Wherever they want you, you'll have like three or four churches. We're talking about here in North America. Um, and then, you know, hopefully if you have some level of quote unquote success, you will go to, uh, you know, another place where you have maybe two churches. And then the next thing, you know, if you're good enough, you'll go and you'll have one big church. And he told me that he had kind of climb the ladder, so to speak, and he got to this position where he has just one single church now, and he, he, he was thinking, oh, this is going to be really awesome. It's going to be kind of the fulfillment of my aspirations, and he got there, and guess what, Camille? Nothing changed? It was very disappointing. <laughs> he says he has a good church, but he's just like, oh, is this all it is? And he's like, where do I go from here? Do I go be an administrator, you know, on what is called the conference level. And he just said, you know what, something's got to give here because what I'm doing is not all that fulfilling. And it's based upon, and we'll get into this, what I would call a traditional model of pastoring. And I'm just finding that there are more and more and more pastors, especially, um, our age and younger who are saying, you know, if this is what pastoring is, I don't really want to 
I don't want to really be a part of this. In fact, I was uh, visiting with some other pastors, and I could tell you story after story after story after story, but this one jumps out at me especially. I was visiting some other pastors somewhere else that will remain nameless, and uh, this individual told me that he had gone on a uh, leave of absence from pastoring for a little while. And so I said, hey, you know, I'd love to hear more of your story. So we went out and we went to a smoothie bar. He paid for my smoothie, which was quite expensive. And we just started chatting and we were just talking about how he found it to be so draining to do, um, quote unquote, traditional pastoring. And uh, he just said, you know, I've taken a leave of absence, but I can't see myself going back into it. And so uh, I said, well, what are you doing right now, you know, to support yourself financially? And he's like, well, funny thing is, um, as of yesterday, my wife and I have like $20 in our bank account. And I was like, oh, I should have paid for the smoothies. Uh, but I was just like blown away. He, he would rather be in that position where he basically has no money then go back into pastoring. And again, I've just heard story after story after story of people who have said, you know what, I'm not sure that this pastoring thing is what I want to do because it's basically just like a maintenance position. Yeah, it's it's a lot of um, putting out fires, uh, trying to keep your church... Uh, at peace with one another, um, fighting the fires within that church. Uh, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's what it was designed. Hmm. We have, we have made it something that it was not designed to be for. Hmm. Hmm. And, um, as, as Sean and I have been looking outside the box and I think, I mean, this is part of kind of how we got on this journey, mm-hmm. right, Sean? Like with you really looking at what is my job? How am I fulfilling it? Am I fulfilling it? Um, is this all I'm supposed to do with with being a pastor? Is just kind of like, you know, going to these board meetings and going to these, um, you know, various like... Events. Events. And, and trying to, you know what I would call one-off visits where you go visit somebody in the hospital. Again, they need someone to, to, to care for them. Don't get me wrong. But when you have um, one person who's supposed to provide all of the pastoral care for however many people you have, it's, it's not going to be a very productive or satisfying experience for really anybody. And then that also kind of gives like a a pass for everyone else in the church. Well, we have mm. this pastor. We so therefore him. we can all sit back and we don't need to do any ministry and we don't need to do any. And I mean, I've been guilty of that myself. Don't, um, yes, Camille, I'm not saying I have it. <laughs> you have at times said to me, Hey, you're supposed to be doing that. And I say to you, Hey, what are we talking about here? You're the one who reminds me that. Let's you know, not get into any argument, Sean. We're, we're not getting into <laughs> any arguments. Um, but you know, it's fascinating. I've said this repeatedly, uh, and over the last couple of years is to my knowledge, there is actually no job description of what a pastor is supposed to do in my denomination and context. So I literally don't have, I've never, if there is one, I've never seen one. And somebody, you know, who's listening, who is an administrator perhaps can say, wait a minute, you know, that's not true, but I have never seen one. 
it's kind of assumed by many people that we know what uh, a pastor is supposed to do. And what happens is a local church, they have expectations. A administration, again, this is in our context, the Seventh-day Adventist context, where we have a governing body above the local church called the conference. They kind of have their expectations, and then the pastor has his or her expectations. Nobody actually verbalizes what those expectations are. We <laughs> yeah, just assume. Well, they, they may go over those a little bit, like in some type of interview process at the beginning. But, um, yeah, it may not may a lot of the times it's not laid out there completely as to what those expectations are. Yeah. And I, I, again, I just find that there are more and more pastors or people thinking about going into pastoring who have said, you know what, the, the gig is up here. This whole traditional, uh, model of pastoring just is not doing it for me. And many people are leaving ministry. It used to be that You know, like my friend that I was referring to in the beginning, kind of the model of pastoring was you went and you did, you know, your time at a local church and then you kind of worked your way up. And there's many of us, myself included, who don't have any interest in just trying to go and pastor a bigger church and then a bigger church and then a bigger church. It's like to do what? Just like have more people, more Seventh-day Adventists to talk to? Yeah. And if you look at the examples that the Bible gives as far as like, um, communities of people gathering together to worship and, um, spread God's message of love. Uh, you know, you look at Peter and you look at Paul and they traveled from place to place mm. and they did encourage the saints. And we're not saying, you know, there's no, I mean, we want community. We're not saying that. Um, and there is a need for encouraging, um, the saints and, and encouraging people in their walks. Uh, but I think what ends up happening ultimately is the pastor is just then spend so much time and so much energy focused on the people within his church. There's no time to minister to people mm-hmm. outside of the church, which is the people who really need to hear the message of God's love mm-hmm. and his grace. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that is our, that has been our major downfall. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say with, with, not just our denomination. This is mm. denominations across the board. Yeah, um, is yeah. is set up like this. Yeah, so I would say that, and we'll we'll maybe we'll define what we mean by traditional. And I I guess maybe I would would draw a distinction here between a traditional pastor and what I would call a missional pastor. Um, and we'll get into that. But I would say that uh, the traditional role of a pastor is neither biblical nor is it historically normative for our context of the Seventh-day Adventists. Let me just, first of all, tackle the Adventist context. Um, Early on, uh, Adventist ministers did not, quote-unquote, hover over the churches, and that's kind of what you were alluding to, Camille. Um, In fact, uh, a woman we hold in high regard, Ellen White, she would say stuff like, God has not given to pastors the job of setting aright the churches. No sooner has this work apparently been done than he has to do it all over again. So it's not the pastor's job to try to, you know, work out all the problems among the saints and try to, you know, referee between sides in the congregation it's not his job to fix everyone's problems. It's not her job to, you know, coddle the saints all the time. Um, 
we'll, we'll get into the missional part, but the point is we have um, really handicapped the church mm-hmm. by having what is called pastor dependency, where the pastor is supposed to do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he, he, you know, if he's a good pastor, he'll find ways to delegate. But by and large, people look at the pastor as the one who's supposed to make sure the church runs on time and make sure the church, you know, um, is going smoothly. And I would submit that this model, this traditional model, is based upon a Christendom model where for much of the church's history in the West, in Europe, in in America, uh, most people were Christians. And so it was assumed that everybody was a Christian. And so all the task of the pastor was, was to educate people and to make sure that they had, uh, they had pastoral care. And so, yeah, you did funerals, you did, you know, uh, confirmation, you did baptisms, you were there to dedicate the children, you did weddings, you provided some guidance to the flock. But the reality is we live in a context now where, uh, majority of people are not Christians and the church has suffered because everyone just looks to the pastor to, to do, you know, most of the ministry. So, um, so yeah, so that, so again, the traditional model I would define is this, the traditional model is where a pastor basically provides all of the education for the flock and all of the pastoral care. And, uh, he just is kind of... And everyone else just kind of sits back and absorbs it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, let's then talk about what I would say is the biblical slash missional uh, model of pastoring, which I think, again, is more, you know, the missional role is more faithful to scripture and it's more uh, in line with really authentic traditional uh, I would say Seventh Day Adventism. Um, so, so yeah. Well, how would we? We, we? So, know. when you look at the the missional, the biblical understanding, it's more of the pastor doesn't do the ministry to his congregation. It's more that he or she equips them to do the ministry. Yeah. Because I mean, I think we all can do the math. One person doing ministry versus a whole church, whether that's twenty people or whether that's five hundred people. I mean. It's easy to do the math knowing that the more people doing ministry, the more people are going to be able to show Christ's love. Mm-hmm. And and that's, God doesn't want us to sit back and have one person um, do that ministry. He wants all of us to be involved and be a part of it. And I just love that aspect. And I, I think it's, um, it's terrible that it's taken Sean and I this long to figure it out, um, that the way that we have been doing it, the way that churches in general do ministry is has not been the correct way. And I feel like sometimes as we've been kind of diving into this um, different look and thinking outside the box when it comes to ministering to people, sometimes it feels like we're a little bit like in the wilderness because Mm. we don't fit that traditional model of what a pastor does, but yet so many people in our churches expect us to fit that Mm -hmm. traditional model. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's a very, very hard, um, 
shift to make, I think, in people's minds. Yeah, and to the point where I'm not trying to criticize anybody, um, but to the point where I've had numerous uh, church members suggest to me that maybe I think about a different profession. In all honesty, (laughs) just because it's like, but this isn't what we know, have known to be what a pastor does. You know, we're used to a pastor preaching all the sermons, you know, doing all the visits, uh, making sure. And it's not to say that the pastor doesn't do any of those. Yeah. It's just that so much of that needs to be delegated to other people. Yes, absolutely. Uh, We have a first in our recording (laughs) um, history. Our little sweet Winslow is calling out for, I think, me, but I'm going to send Camille up. Uh, So we... We will uh, take a break here. Isn't this awesome? Technically, we can just pause and start over, but we want to give you the real-time feel of what our lives are like uh, as we record here on a Wednesday evening, uh, February 7, um, during a snowstorm, I might add. We're doing this podcast a little earlier than we normally would because our uh, um, midweek service was canceled. So uh, anyway, this is what we're doing. Just a second. Hang with us for one second as Camille tries to uh, get Winslow back to sleep. And we're back. How did that go, Camille? Um, did she ever go to sleep? Or I don't think so. I don't think she had fallen asleep We needed a PJ yet. change. It was a whole process. Oh, and right. the things that three-year-olds come up with at, you know... An hour and a half past their bedtime. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Would you like to share some of the things that she came up with? Oh, not tonight. Not tonight. tonight. Okay. I don't think, I don't know. Maybe she hadn't actually gone to sleep. I don't think she had. But that's happened sometimes. Uh, At any rate, we digress. Yeah. So I wanted to go to Ephesians 4. Um, As we recognize Paul, the Apostle Paul says that God has given gifts to every single follower of Christ. And so the pastor doesn't have a unique um, unique status. The pastor has just one gifting among the gifting that all uh, followers of Jesus have. So Paul writes that Jesus himself gave, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And there's a a specific purpose for which God gave these giftings to people. And it says in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So all of these, these gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, slash pastor, teacher, God has given those that one you know those gifts to every member. Now not every disciple of Jesus has every gift, but the point is God is bring together, has brought together people who can unite to equip the saints for ministry so that my gift as a pastor is no more important than your gift, Camille, as actually you haven't done the test, but you're like an evangelist, maybe. I don't um, know. At any rate, so like all those gifts have been given, 
for the purpose of building up the church, for the purpose of building up ministry, so that we all work together. And it's not just one person has uh, more importance than any other. I, you know, I try to get my church members to understand that I am no more important to ministry to than mission they are. than they are. Like we've all been gifted, and we all need to work together to build up, you know, the body of Christ and to build up His mission and to build up, you know, disciples. So we're not saying that the pastor doesn't do anything. Yeah, we're not saying that. What we're saying is just what we've typically thought the pastor do. That's probably not what they should be doing. Yeah. So just historically from an Seventh-day Adventist perspective, and this one is talking a lot about our specific context, uh, the majority of you listening realistically are probably Seventh-day Adventists, but historically Seventh-day Adventist pastors, their job largely was to raise up new churches and to spread the gospel to those who didn't already know Christ. Their job was not to, again, quote unquote, hover over the churches. Um, so, so yeah, the bottom line for me, when we ask that question, what's a pastor to do? I think if we are going to be faithful to scripture, if we're going to be faithful to our calling, we need to move toward uh, a, a model of pastoring where the pastor utilizes his gifts or her gifts as God has given them to equip the saints for ministry, to teaching them, teaching them to to be on mission for Him, teaching them to make disciples. Um, the pastor needs to be discipling others to, I would say, even replace himself. Yeah, like, like ideally down the road. If we're going to continue on our journey here where we are and we're going to, uh, you know, the mission is going to keep moving forward. In my mind, I think it would be awesome to go start, a, you know, plant a new church in the area after I have equipped a quote unquote lay person to persons, not persons. just a Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to be, a you know to be in charge, if you will, quote unquote, of the church. Um, so I'm, I, I'm, I should be discipling somebody else to replace me almost. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, the bottom line is that I as a pastor should be equipping people to do ministry, to raise up new communities that are missional, and to uh, disciple uh, not everybody, because I can't, but to disciple a few people who they then disciple a few people. And they disciple a few people. So that's kind of, does that make sense? I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, but I, like I said, it's, you know, it's a different concept. It's not what everyone's used to. So making that shift for everyone is, it's, I think it's going to take time. Yeah. I, I, but I think it's necessary because I don't see how, number one, the church can continue, you know, the whole paradigm is going to have to shift. We're not just talking about ministry pastors, but we're talking about the complete. Well, especially you know, in the Western system. world, as you, as you look at the church, um, and how it's not necessarily growing at fast rates. Mm -hmm. Um, now that's yeah, the just, Western world. It's a little bit yeah. different in other parts of the world. But. And, and how we're just not impacting our communities, but in order for us to even, survive, we're going to have to have a paradigm shift. But I would also say 
if if we don't want to lose more and more young women and men f- from the task force, we're going to have to change the paradigm, the model to more creative, entrepreneurial type types of models of, of ministry. And I, I read uh, somebody recently posted an article about how the future of pastoring is entrepreneur pastors, like people who are creative and innovative and not just looking to do maintenance and managing. It's like, that's exactly what we need to be thinking about. Unfortunately, right now in our particular denomination, basically we o- we only have room for one type of pastor and that's the pastor that will manage the saints, preach to them every week, make sure everything is running on time and you know that the programs are going and making sure everybody is cared for. And you know, I'm not saying that doesn't need to happen, but it would be so much more productive if I could reproduce myself and other people and then they could reproduce themselves and other people and then we could form these communities and so everybody does have pastoral care it's just not going to come from one single person yeah and I think when we do have the pastor set up like they are it's almost kind of like you know we've talked about or the bible talks about like you know giving babies milk and kind of like just spoon feeding um our church people and we just do that year after year after year as if they are not mature enough or ready enough to hear God's calling and to um, go out and minister for themselves when really there's so many people that are. Yeah. Yeah. They just need to be, you know, empowered and encouraged and maybe even drastically like, you know, the bird that pushes its baby chicks out of the (laughs) nest. No, I mean, it's like, you gotta learn to fly. And sometimes it has to take, you know, it can only take, um, drastic steps and measures. So, um, yeah, if you have any questions, send them our way. We've enjoying the feedback on the various mediums, whether email, Facebook gets a lot of conversation about the different topics we've discussed. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, Thanks for listening, and it looks like we have everything under control here with our children. (laughs) Hopefully they're all asleep by now. Yes. Thanks for listening. This has been Mission Lab. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast.